He laughed aloud. The sound of solitary, childish glee, a bright runner in that gray afternoon, as a vagary of the flowing water took his paper boat into a scale model rapids which had been formed by the break in the tar. The urgent water had cut a channel which ran along the diagonal, and so his boat traveled from one side of Witcham Street to the other, the current carrying it so fast that George had to sprint to keep up with it. Water sprayed out from beneath his galoshes and muddy sheets. Their buckles made a jolly jingling as George Denborough ran toward his strange death. Hey, gays and ghouls, I'm Katie Toole. And I'm Sean Reedy. And this is Friday Night Frights. And this is a podcast about small town dynamics, childhood trauma, and fear. Oh. Or should we say, ha 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 ha. I can't do it. <laughs> Happy April Fool's Day, everybody. Happy April Fool's. We did not fool you today. No, we no. are in fact. Uh, but... The episode is about a fool. Mm-hmm. In particular, Pennywise the Dancing Clown. This is the beginning of our month-long It's Stravaganza. And we're beginning with the uh, 2017 It Chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Starting off strong. Intro to the remake of this wonderful saga, mm-hmm. shall we say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's a big story. It's a big story. <laughs> Uh, so of course every itineration of it that has been filmed is based on Stephen King's novel yes it which Mm -hmm. is over a thousand pages and covers almost 30 years you know just a a quick little blip right so it makes sense that they can't fit all of this into like one movie or like you know they wanted to they wanted to. Warner Brothers wanted this to be a one-shot deal, one film, whole book. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were dead set on it. And that? <laughs> thank God they didn't do that. I don't know how that would have went. I couldn't imagine either movie being shorter. Maybe the second one a little bit. Right. But not short enough to like not make a single movie right. four hours long. And at that point, you might as well make two movies. Exactly. Right. Like, you're already there. You're already there. I mean, would I love a four hour long horror movie? Just four hours straight of, of horror? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm probably a small. Yeah, we're not. Smattering. We're not. We're not most people. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And this was a film for most people. Like, yes. This was a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Like an old fashioned blockbuster. Uh, oh, yeah. Was one of the most profitable films of the year uh-huh it was the highest grossing r-rated movie period yeah of any genre uh-huh to that moment i think it's been surpassed since then but mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. was the you know highest grossing horror movie i think i mean like if you go to a list of the records that this movie set uh in terms of box office mm-hmm. it's almost as long as the novel <laughs> right <laughs> 
You got pages and pages. Of paper. <laughs> you got pages. I got sick of reading. I was like, I get it. I get it. It was popular. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, like they, this movie was heavily pressed. Oh my god, it was so hyped. Oh, the hype was. Whew. Well, and I personally saw it twice on the weekend it came out. Yeah. I only. I saw I, it on Thursday and Friday. <laughs> I. I believe I only did. I see it in theaters once. I saw it for sure in theaters once. I may have seen it twice. Well, yeah. I mean, I I think that. Did we go see it twice? Together? No, I think I went with you guys, and then I went with another group of friends as well. Okay. This movie was seven. No, sorry, eight years in the making. Yeah. It was initially announced in two thousand nine. Did not come out in two thousand seventeen. Development hell. Yep. Went through three directors. <laughs> <laughs> but we got there. This is an incredibly hard book to adapt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, Stephen King wrote it in 1986. Mm-hmm. It took him eight years to write it. Yep. I so believe that. It makes sense, actually. Mm-hmm. That, like, he had, the, he had the sort of beginnings of the story in... Uh, 78, he said. Mm-hmm. And he didn't end up finishing the book until 86. Mm-hmm. That is kind of funny. It took just as long. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's very, it's like, there's like symmetry there. Mm-hmm. Between how long it, uh, between how long it took King to write the book and how long it took them to make this film. Right. But it is really, really hard because in the book, you've read the book. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm currently reading the book. Okay. I had never read it before, mm-hmm. but I decided I should read it. Oh, boy. While we're doing this so that <laughs> I can like... <laughs> I'm really excited to hear your reaction to it. <laughs> <laughs> so far, it's long. <laughs> um. It is long. Wait till it gets really racist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Consistently throughout the story. Oh, good. Uh-huh. It's it it does the story one of the one of the many uh themes that this story focuses on is racism. Right, right. right. So, which I mean cuz the initial story took place in the 50s. That is true. Yes. One so, thing that they did with this film is they moved the entire timeline up. Yes. Up by about 30 years. Like mm-hmm. the original um the original sort of kid portion of the book took place in the late 50s mm-hmm. and then the grown-up portion was in the 80s correct right mm-hmm. we said mm, no kid portion 80s <laughs> yeah so we can experience it now yeah which which i did feel like was a was was not a bad plan no it wasn't bad at all and i mean it's just you know it doesn't Like, this, the story isn't really, like, you know, tied to a specific time period. Like, no. you can kind of move it back and forth as, as you want, and it still makes sense. Right. Um, but in the book, he switches between the past and the present. Yes. Pretty it's, consistently. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's not sort of like one half is the kids and then one half is the adults. Right. And I think that they actually made a good choice in doing that for the film. Yes. Because it would have been pretty muddled otherwise. It would have been 
that's what they would have had to do, I feel, to make it into one movie, yeah. too. Like, they would have had to jump back and forth. Yeah, and and that might have been the original plan. Right. And, I mean, in in the second one, they jump back and forth a little bit. Right? A little but bit, it's, yeah. But it's like... Mm-hmm. Actually, and we'll talk about this more in the next episode, but I thought the... I actually thought the flashbacks were done brilliantly in the second film. Oh, yeah. How they just sort of dissolve into them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, this film does focus on... All of the characters as children. Yes, you never see the adults. No. no. Uh, you don't see them as adults at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just wanted to go over just a little bit. So of the the little bit of production hell that it went through. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Go for it. So um, when when the film was originally announced, um, it was a, it was announced with um, David uh, Kajnanik, if I'm pronouncing his last name right. I sure. hope I am. Yeah. Um, as... Uh, as the um, the director, mm-hmm. um, he was on. He was set to be the director for a year. Right? Okay, <laughs> we're like, all right, we're on board. And then it kind of just fell, kind of fell away. Mm-hmm. T- then come twenty twelve, and Carrie Fukunaga, okay, um, announced that that they will be directing the movie. Um. And uh, like co- like they and they actually did quite a bit of the film. Okay. In pre production, of course, like they actually did have a, a script written. Uh-huh. They ended up actually changing the story to make it more their own. Uh huh. But they actually did send the initial script to Stephen King, and he enjoyed it and was like, "Yes, this needs to be the movie that, that this should be the movie that should be made." Uh-huh. <laughs> well, right. They learned from the Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> uh-huh. They learned, learned from Stanley Kubrick. We're like, we should send this to him first. Yeah, let's just check. Get his approval. Just to make sure. Otherwise, but, everyone will talk about it for the next 50 years about yes. how Stephen King hates this movie. While uh, Carrie was uh, was as, was as being the director for this, was mm-hmm. planning to be the director for this film, um, he actually hired um, Will Poulter to play Pennywise. Which okay. I do, I do specifically remember that being announced, right? Because it was a big deal, and I was like, and I, I remember being like, Will Poulter, <laughs> okay, okay. And and as soon as I saw him like in Pennywise makeup, I was like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, I I see it, I got it, I'm I'm on I'm board. on board. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, uh, he ended up due to especially due to the film being delayed multiple <laughs> times. Right. I um, mean, this is this is what these people do for a living. So, like, if right. you're just if you leave them on the hook for too long, they're like, I gotta go make more movies so yeah. I can like eat and stuff. I'm an actor, so I gotta go act. <laughs> I'll be it, I'll be back later. That's what I do. Yeah, I'm not acting over here. I'm gonna act over there. <laughs> you figure your shit out. I'll be back. But yeah, maybe till then. Unfortunately, with this circumstance, he was not back. Right. <laughs> he ended up uh, having scheduling conflicts and was not able to be in the film. So. Come 2015, hey, here we are, Andy uh, Muschietti. Sure. Yeah, we got some. We got some complex last names here. I don't know. I think that's how you pronounce it. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying, Andy. I'm trying. We are trying. Um, but uh, but he is officially the director of the film. Period. Point. Done. Okay. He is the director of the movie that is made and was released in 2017. Right. Uh, ended up casting, of course. Um. 
Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård, yeah. As Pennywise. Uh, and then and then went through, you know, casting all the kids as well. Right. And in retrospect, it's hard to think of anyone who could have done a better job of Pennywise than Skarsgård did. Right. Oh, he was magnificent. I mean, he really was. And unrecognizable. And unrecognizable. Yeah. yeah. Although every so often when you see him, like, smile, I'm like, oh, there he is. Oh, yeah. yeah. He'll, <laughs> like, he'll every so through. often, yeah. He will shine through, <laughs> you know. Just like those deadlights. They'll just shine right through. Um, you're right. He just did such a great job. He did a great job. Yeah. He was super, super. Just like the kids. They were all very, very committed to the roles. They were. And, and they all did a pretty good job. And this was, like, this is a sort of who's who of, like, kids in horror right now. Uh-huh. Or, I mean, not right now, because this was, you know, five years ago. But... But still, still in a way right now. Yeah, I mean, some of them are still. Phil, you know, Finn Wolfhard is in there, and uh-huh. like he keeps popping up. And uh, what's the main kid's name? Uh, Jaden. Jaden. Yeah. <laughs> Lieber. Sure. Lieber. There was a there was a huge commotion when they announced you know you know right when right, really right when the movie released mm-hmm. there was a huge commotion and like all right. We have this fantastic horror movie that just released. Mm-hmm. Who's playing the adults? Oh yeah, that was like immediate. Oh yeah, from the get the when 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 the first moment that it said it chapter one mm-hmm. on screen, people were like, "Who's gonna do it?" Right. So, and I remember there was like there was a virtual internet campaign to get Jessica Chastain. Yep. For mm-hmm. Adele Beverly. Oh yeah, which I'm like, yeah. I yeah, mean. Yeah. I would have, I, I'm like, it could it could be either her or Amy Adams. Right. Either one. I would take it both. Right. They're both phenomenal actresses, so. Even Julianne Moore, which is the other one I always oh, mess yes. up with. <laughs> also Julianne Moore. Also Although Julianne she, Moore. Although she's a little bit older than they are. Yeah, she, I mean, she's aged magnificently, but, but she, but you're right. She, she might is, not play as a, as a, you know, late 30-something or 40-year-old or. Right. However old they're supposed to be in the mm-hmm. second one, as well as the other two. But yeah, but we got Jessica Chastain. We did get Jessica Chastain. Um, as well as a myriad of other phenomenal actors. Right. Actors Who we will talk episodes. about in the next episode. Yes. Yes, we will. <laughs> in the next full episode. Yes. Um, but yeah, the kids were great. It really does. I think moving the storyline to the 80s actually was really smart because there were so many movies made in the 80s that were like this mm-hmm. in terms of like band of misfit children go on an adventure like right. not necessarily this like steeped in in horror right oh, right but like and oh, some of them involve Stephen King like stand by me right like but right. stand by me the goonies right, right? like the mm-hmm. goonies was this group of children Yes. Essentially. This it's I don't Goonies, think they had a girl. The Goonies plus a clown plus a girl. Oh yeah. <laughs> like it was. So I think that that people associate this type of film, like the not so much, you know, the alien clown demon thing. But the part of it that gives it its sort of emotional weight, the like the friendship between these kids who are kind of outcasts, who are exploring their town searching for you know treasure a dead body an evil clown it doesn't matter what you're searching for that the point is the group of kids and their friendship and their journey mm-hmm. as they sort of come of age exactly right which mm-hmm. i also think is why they actually i don't remember in the miniseries we'll have to see when we get there but they actually bumped up the ages a couple of years from the book uh-huh bill's only 11 
in the book. And they're like 13, 14 yep. in this. That might be like in part just to make it a little more palatable that they're not quite so young. Yes. Although they do show Georgie's arm getting bitten off. Oh, yeah. Yep. Clean off. Like, <laughs> I remember sitting in the movie theater and when that happened, I was like, oh, okay, we're not fucking around. Got it. Uh-huh. We just watched that kid's arm get bitten off. That six-year-old's arm get bitten <laughs> off. And now he's being like, and he's like laying in a bloody, but bloody puddle. I'm like, okay. Yep, trying to crawl. Right. Trying, to, trying crawl. to crawl away while screaming. And then he's just like, because I think, I feel like in the, see this, it's going to be impossible not to talk about the others, but I feel like in the one from 1990, and I could be wrong, I feel like he just kind of like pulls him in and then it's over. Uh, yeah, I think, yes. Like, he's just sort of like, boop, and then, it's, and then it switches scenes. Right. Like, you don't see... No, it's just like, I think it's that, then you see his tricycle, and that's and that's done. Right, yeah. You yeah. don't, you do not see Georgie actually, yeah. like, no. bleeding. Nope. But, you know, it's like, okay, all right, we're not, uh, we're not fucking around. I'm no. okay, I'm like, let's, let's go. Warner Brothers said, our rating, bitches. Mm-hmm. Our rating. Right? We, we, we don't have... care that this is about children. No, no, no. We ain't <laughs> fucking around with no PG-13 baby baby ass bullshit. <laughs> we are going full R rating. Do not care. So we will definitely, definitely crawl into the depths of this murky story. <laughs> but, but first, it is Shock Tale Hour. Tonight's shock tale is called the Red Balloon. The Red Balloon consists of an ounce of vanilla vodka, an ounce of sweet vermouth, a half an ounce of Campari, and then you're going to shake that together or stir that together in a in a in a um, shaker with some ice. Then you're going to garnish it with cotton candy, which will melt into the drink. Mm. It's quite tasty. It is delectable. It'll make you float away. <laughs> <laughs> if you start floating, you should probably stop drinking them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you do you. Live your best. Mm-hmm. Till you can't live no more. This version of It, like every version of It Must, begins with the iconic scene in which Georgie meets Pennywise. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um... The disappearance of Georgie Dunborough also opens the novel. I've gone that far. I can tell you that. Um. <laughs> Perfect. You've read at least 100 pages. <laughs> I've gotten through that. Just that. Um, but so we are first introduced to Georgie and Bill Denborough. Mm-hmm. They are brothers and best friends. Um, and in this film... It is October of 1988. Yes. Uh, and there's this days-long storm that's been mm-hmm. going on. So mm-hmm. the roads are flooded. Mm-hmm. So Bill makes Georgie a boat mm-hmm. out of newspaper. He folds it up, a little origami boat, and then he um, covers it in paraffin so that it'll float. And, of course, you know, you have the, the scene where Georgie goes down to the cellar to get the wax and he's very scared and Mm -hmm. but he does it because he's a big brave boy and then he uh comes back up he makes him his boat now bill can't go with him because he's sick yes Mm -hmm. which which is important which is important because i think that that drives i mean 
I think it is important because I think he would want to find his brother anyway, but I think that his guilt is his primary driver. Mm-hmm. Like that is the primary driver for this character yes. is his guilt that he was not there to protect his little brother. Mm-hmm. And it was 1988. So like sending a, a six year old out in a storm by themselves to just run through town was a thing that people did. <laughs> <laughs> this is normal. Don't worry. Kids play in the streets. It's fine. I wonder if I, and I have to read up, but you know, there was so many, the end of the eighties, signified a shift in that thinking Mm -hmm. because there were through the late 70s and the 80s a number of high profile child murders Mm -hmm. and i have to think that that was on king's mind when he wrote the book Mm -hmm. um because both eaton pats who disappeared in 1979 just walking to school Mm -hmm. on his own as like kids did that time Mm -hmm. um and adam walsh who of course was famously stolen out of a sears right both of them were six years old Mm -hmm. so you have to think that like georgie might be a stand-in for the adam walsh's Mm -hmm. and eden pats's of the world right it was on everybody's mind right and this was sort of when the um you know center for missing and exploited children started and you know you had the um in the late 70s you had the atlanta child murderer you had the oakland county child killer here in michigan you had right like the idea that our children were not safe was so heavily on everybody's mind despite the fact that they were all still leaving their kids home alone all the time but it was sort of like the published the public consciousness was just flooded with this. And so that's why, you know, you got in the 90s when we were kids, much more like that was the beginning of helicopter parenting. Where right. It's like, you're not yes. getting out of my sight. Um, but you have to imagine that that was on King's mind as he was writing about this town in which kids were just simply disappearing without a trace. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so... Georgie goes outside with his boat and he's sort of running along and uh, the boat gets carried into a storm cell. <laughs> he smacks his head on a sawhorse, which is like... <laughs> 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 and you're just like, oh, baby. <laughs> like, all right, fair enough. Kids are clumsy. <laughs> and it, the rain washes his boat into a storm drain. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to let that boat go because... His big brother made it for him. Right. So he goes and he tries to reach into the storm drain to get it. And he encounters a clown, which is a very normal thing to encounter in a sewer. Absolutely. But he's six, so he doesn't really think it's that weird. <laughs> he's just like, oh, hello. You're in there. Why? <laughs> and he asks him. He does. Why are you down there? Yeah. And Pennywise is like, oh, the storm blew me away. It blew away the whole circus. Mm-hmm. And he's six, so he accepts that explanation. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that the wind does that sometimes. Right. I mean, it's this is this whole storm. I mean, all the think about it. All the grown ups have been talking about for days is how bad this storm is. It makes sense. Like, this guy ended up in the sewer. It's fine. <laughs> and they talk back and forth, and he identifies himself as Pennywise the clown, mm-hmm. Pennywise the dancing clown. Excuse yes. me. And uh, and finally, Georgie does start to get creeped out by him, and he's like, "So I should probably go." 
And Pennywise is like, but what about your boat? Don't you want it? And he like, he's like, yes. And he reaches in and Pennywise bites his arm off. Yes. And then he's crawling away screaming in a puddle of blood mm-hmm. before he reaches out. And, and oh my God, the shot down on the, oh, like stunning. the arm reaching out. Uh-huh. Of the, the, the cinematography in this movie is stellar. I feel like it's, <sighs> yes. <laughs> and the, okay but, so right or. so so i guess we can we can discuss this now so okay i have a i don't know what it is here's the thing oh you don't like crooked shots <laughs> no no i don't like crooked shots you are correct however the these are still while crooked shots are on they're not on a sideways angle mm-hmm. they're below they're above they're oh, straight see. on okay. They're on a side angle, but they're not... The camera itself isn't tilted. So got it, fine. got it. I'm, like, okay. I'm fine with that. Okay. This movie... I'm going to sound like an ass. I'm going to acknowledge that I'm going to sound like an ass right now. I'm, it's fine. Right? Is almost too perfect. And here I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain it. Okay. All, all right. <laughs> they shot this movie as if it is this... I I don't know. It's it. They shot this movie like an epic story that you don't normally get with horror. That is true. Like, this is this is one of the, like... This is a glossy film. Yes. Yes, it is. That yeah. is true. There's a lot of really clean editing in it. They did, a, they did a lot with this movie. And it's almost like the whole movie's good enough for the trailer. Right. Every shot is just... Mm-hmm. Just chef's kiss. Just perfect. And this bothers you? And it almost annoys me. <laughs> 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 okay you know what that's a that's a valid that's a valid point of view that, i get it it's almost too pretty right? it's almost too pretty to be scary right 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 and like this movie is gross it is gross but it's so beautiful it's very pretty the cinematography is so good in this mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful that it takes away from the horror element in a way. It's almost like you have this corpse, this rotting, disgusting corpse. Mm-hmm. And someone said, let me put all this beautiful fucking makeup on it mm-hmm. and make it look really nice and clean, neat, like mm-hmm. a, almost like a living person. But then pointing out, look how disgusting it is though. Right. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, I can't, I can't see it. It's, it's not all that makeup. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost how the cinematography is almost. And I, and it, it's me being nitpicky, right? So I'm acknowledging that, okay? Because <laughs> it is a great movie. It's a great movie, but I can I can see what you mean in that it it does have a definite gloss to it. All that being said, mm-hmm. the the shot of Pennywise's arm coming out. Let's go. Let's go back Archie. to that. Let's go back to that. Yes, it's is, a great shot. <laughs> is a great shot. Ugh. You know what it could have been too. Huh. I watched so many trailers. <laughs> it's just all the all those main shots that were in all those trailers it mm. just got I almost, wa- it almost oversaturated yourself yeah a little bit it's a possibility it is a possibility I was really hyped for this movie guys <laughs> so, <laughs> if you know this I was very very pumped yes I should say that uh, actually I bought and I didn't give it to him until like a couple of weeks ago because mm-hmm. you know I'm thriving um, 
It's been a very busy few months for me. Uh, but I bought Sean a like lamp for Christmas. That's like the red balloon from it. And I fucking love it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so I need to find a spot for this balloon because obviously it needs to be out. But I need to find the right spot. And uh, in in my house, I have like a little, like a, I forget what it was actually called, but it's like a little nook that was almost like a prayer mm-hmm. thing. You usually put like, I've seen like, you know, the candles in there and whatnot. Right. Um, so now that's going to be deemed a little horror corner. Mm-hmm. Um, balloon's already there. Balloon is currently there. It's right, it's right over there. I saw. <laughs> so anyway, so Georgie goes bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye, Georgie. Like, as as he must, unfortunately, mm-hmm. at the beginning of, of this story. We skip forward nine months or so, mm-hmm. right? To the end of the school year. Uh, and we are reintroduced to Bill, who has quite a serious stutter. I feel like we should. His nickname, in fact, is Stuttering Bill. Stuttering Bill. Very, um, you know, creative mm-hmm. nickname these bullies come up with. Uh, and we are also introduced to his friends, Richie and Eddie. Yes. Uh I think Eddie's my favorite character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he absolutely has my favorite line in the entire movie. <laughs> you don't know what it is? Yes, Can I you do. guess? Oh, I have a feeling I know, but, well, he has, he has a few. He has, he has a, few, a few, like, ones. great lines. <laughs> you know what these are? Casimos! <laughs> <laughs> They're bullshit! <laughs> I fucking love that line. Yes, yes. When I rewatch this again, which mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't have to watch this again. Uh, when I rewatch this again for the for this episode, I was I fucking died. Oh my god! I die every single time he says. That. I like forgot about it. Yes. And then when I was watching it again, I just was like cackling. Oh my god! You know what these are? Casino. <laughs> so yes. So Eddie is a child who's. The victim of Munchausen by proxy. Yep. And nobody ever really says that out loud, Mm -hmm. but you start to understand. Like, at first you think that he's actually sickly. Right. Right. And he does seem to actually have asthma. Asthma's a real thing, yes. Or extreme anxiety. It could be either. Or both. I mean, well, I mean, he definitely has extreme anxiety. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely has that. Yes. (laughs) But the asthma seems to actually kick in. Yeah. Right. But, you know, generally you don't need 20 different pills just because you have asthma, right? But his mother is this, like, incredibly overbearing. I mean, like almost every Stephen King work, Mm -hmm. especially those who are, uh, especially those which deal with children, Mm -hmm. this is a study in abuse. Oh, yes. Of various kinds Mm -hmm. right abuse from parents abuse from peers right abuse from sort of society at large like Mm -hmm. and and it's different kinds of abuse right and so and and munchausen by proxy is a very specific kind of abuse yes right Mm -hmm. where like the parent acts very caring and loving Mm -hmm. right and actual sort of what you would characterize as sort of normal violence is not done to the child, but, or, or, you know, whoever the victim is, usually it's a child. 
And Eddie seems to kind of like half understand this. Like <laughs> at one point he says that like if his mother gets mad at him, he's going to end up in the emergency room getting x-rayed. Right. For the weekend. <laughs> For the weekend. <laughs> and like the implication there is not that she's going to break his bones. Mm-hmm. The implication there is just that she uses sort of medicine as a punishment. Mm-hmm. Right. Richie, you don't really see his family dynamics very much. No, you don't. You don't. Richie is the smartass. He's mm-hmm. the comic relief. He's mm-hmm. the, you know, he's the foul mouth. He swears. I think my favorite thing about this movie is that it really, they really managed to capture just how much 13-year-olds swear. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. because, like, a young teenager who has just decided that they're going to swear, damn it, will say bad words when they're not near adults, will say bad words every other word. Yep. Like, they will they will just, even when it doesn't make sense, they will swear. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, that was a really, really great... Um, little character detail of these kids that mm-hmm. rang very true. Mm-hmm. Like... Even as, you know, I was watching it as a 30-something, and I was like, I remember being that age. And I oh, remember yeah. you, like, you like were, were on such a power trip because you were swearing. Right. Right. Um, and then, you know, eventually they get to the point where it's very, like, you can very much understand that they're swearing because crazy-ass shit's going down. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. It's very reasonable that they're swearing. <laughs> that I would be, too. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> You know, I mean, Richie claims that he's not a virgin. He claims that he has a bigger penis than the rest of them, right? Like, very right. much a 13-year-old boy. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, and Stan. I forgot about Stan. How could I forget about Stan? <laughs> we are also introduced to uh, Stan, who is their sort of, really the quietest one. Yeah, he's like, he's definitely the most reserved, uh, the shyest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Eddie's not really that shy. He's just anxious. Yeah. Right? Like, he's very vocal about his anxiety. Oh, yes. Whereas, yes. like, Stan just kind of clams up. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Stan is Jewish, and he's about to be bar mitzvahed. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> Sounds like a threat. <laughs> You're going to be bar mitzvah. I'm going to yeah. bar mitzvah you. <laughs> Separately, you are introduced to Beverly Marsh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one significant female role in this film. <laughs> All you need is one. <laughs> like, oh dear. <laughs> Sexism. <laughs> and like, I realized that there was only one girl in the original novel, which was written in the 80s. And right. like, you know, but still, you couldn't have added one. No. Couldn't have turned one of those others into a girl too. Like, what does it matter? Um, and Ben. Yes. Who is new in town and he's a little bit chubby and he gets teased a lot for that. Mm-hmm. Or like straight up seriously assaulted. Oh, yeah. Because the bullies in this town are no fucking joke. Yeah, but the bullies are fucking intense. They are insane. Like they are at a level that I, I really doubt most high school bullies are. Uh-huh. But again, it's like they're they're led by Henry Bowers, who we're also introduced to at this point. Yes. And he is a certifiable psychopath. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And he's also being manipulated by it. Yes, he is. Right. 
and they don't really they don't really reveal that until the very end Mm -hmm. when he when he um sees the thing on the tv Right. right but like you kind of get the feeling that you that going back because like he gets progressively worse throughout the summer yes right so that mm-hmm. something is happening in this town mm-hmm. and it is seeping into this boy's bones and making him into a into somebody who's ready to commit murder yes like he was ready to kill that kid yes for no reason uh-huh um and then we are also again separately introduced to mike who lives outside of town. He's African-American. He's sort of like the outsider. They live on a farm and, you know, he has to slaughter sheep, which he doesn't want to do. Well, which you don't blame him. <laughs> Me either, bud. I get it. And they each have their first experience with the monster. Yes. In turn. So you you are introduced to all of these characters and you see sort of their individual problems, right? Um, Beverly is also quite tormented at school, not by the Mm -hmm. boy bullies, but by the girl bullies. Yep. Um, And she is rumored to be a slut, right? And Mm -hmm. everyone treats her like she's trash. Um, they, They dump garbage water on her, which just is exceedingly unpleasant. It's just a very unpleasant thing to do. But I also feel like, I feel like depictions of bullies, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't know because I wasn't a teenager in the 80s. Like, were bullies worse in the 80s? They might have been. They were able to get away with a little bit more, I feel like. Yeah, probably. I guess there wasn't all those, like. Um, So I think the first one that sees it is Ben, right? In the library? Yes. Um, I mean, other than Georgie. Obviously, Georgie's the first one this season, but he's already gone. Right. Before that, though, just a quick thing. Mm-hmm. Because um, before that is when Ben gets attacked. Or no. No, it's after the library. That it's after attacked. the library that he gets attacked. Mm-hmm. You're right. Because he is the first one, though. Mm-hmm. Um, a quick note when... You're... I think he gets attacked leaving the library. Yes. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're introduced to Henry Bowers, mm-hmm. we are also really briefly introduced to his father. Oh, yes. Who is a police officer. Yes. Mm-hmm. And is also a real asshole. Yes. Yes. Like father, like son. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a... He does play at least a, a slightly important... There's a There's a thing that happens. We'll get to it. There are things. There are things that happen. There are stuff and things. Um, but yes. And then um, Henry Bauer's friends. Oh, yes. Including Patrick. Patrick Hockstetter. Yes. Yes. Who likes to play with fire? I mean, it's just like <laughs> carrying around a lighter and like a spray can of Aquanet it's, or something. It's, it's spray, spray paint. paint. It's fucking spray paint. He's like threatening to set people on fire. Yes. <laughs> Again, these guys are over the top. Yes. <laughs> it's like dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yes. Henry Bauer's father is this, like, horrid, abusive asshole because what we now know is that, you know, bullies are usually bullies for reasons. Yes. Like, they are usually also, they are also children who are traumatized. Yes. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't excuse the behavior, but there's usually reasons for things. Uh Um, So, yes, Ben is the first one that sees it. And his encounter comes at the library. Mm -hmm. So, one thing that... 
I don't know because I haven't gotten there yet, but my mm-hmm. sister-in-law, who's like a huge Stephen King fan, actually mm-hmm. pointed out to me is that in the film they made Ben the history buff instead of Mike, mm-hmm. which is kind of like, well, why'd you do that? Right. <laughs> why'd you do that? <laughs> why you can't there's there's like, is there a reason you think that Mike wouldn't be believable as a history buff kind of nerdy bookish oh. kid? And and I that's that is something that I I would like to put. I think the only thing that I can think of is that they wanted to like beef up focus on like you know on certain aspects, and that was his main thing is that he's a nerd. Like Ben is kind of a nerdy history buff, and right. but I'm like, but you still didn't really give Mike much of a a shot right. at having anything. His his thing is being strong enough to kill a sheep right yeah that's his thing right oh okay got it good then he dies right away oh okay got it well and the (laughs) as an adult right but as the as an adult he's the librarian right so like it it actually doesn't make much sense that like this kid became this kid while this kid became or that this kid became this adult while this kid became this adult right it would have made sense yes made more sense if mike had always been the history buff and the bookish one right but yeah, they just didn't. They just didn't. They're like me. No. They they chose to beef up Ben's character. Right. While like making Mike's character more one dimensional, and it's like mm, that's probably not the best choice. Yeah, it's a little problematic, folks. A little, little bit. A little bit of a problem. Just a little bit. A little bit of an issue there. Still 2017 when this was made. Just like to point that out. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Ben, who is our history buff, for the purposes of this film problematic as that might be uh is in the library because he doesn't have any friends <laughs> so and the librarian like straight up calls him up out on this like why are you here it's summer and he's like i like it here and she's like don't you have friends and he's like give me my fucking book <laughs> he's like don't question me <laughs> right? like this who not, are you librarian it's not, it's not your job <laughs> yeah. this is not your job um so he's reading about dairy history and what he starts to learn in reading about dairy history is that dairy has seen a lot of shit more than your usual small town, uh-huh. including a factory explosion in 1908 um, in which the majority of the victims were children. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And he sees one photograph in particular. I love this part. <laughs> <laughs> He sees one photograph in particular uh, in which a a child's head was clear blown off and got stuck in a tree. Uh-huh. And he keeps turning the page to get away from that photo. And instead, the photo keeps zooming in and zooming in and zooming in, mm-hmm. which is, it's a great effect. Oh, it's like, so just good. Anytime, I love it anytime a book changes, mm-hmm. right? Like, anytime that a book starts changing in a horror movie, you're like, oh, here we go, like... Because how fucking creepy would that be? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. It'd be so like, because reading is such like an sort of intimate, insular thing, mm-hmm. right? Where you're like, you're in it. And then if it was suddenly like something weird happened with the book, I feel like that would just be so jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember something like that happening in another movie. I think it might have been The Grudge. I may be, I may, I may be thinking of a different movie, but... I want to say it was the grudge that did that same thing where it was like you flip the page and it keeps 
progressing. It just keeps it, zooming or, in, yeah, yeah instead of changing a, to a different content. Exactly. Or might yeah. have even been just like a light flickering or something like that. Right. People, you, yeah. You know, but um, but that that type of effect is genius. Mm-hmm. And what I also love about this scene mm-hmm. is not only did they do that. But they also had the, li- the a different or a, a woman. I don't know who was the library. It wasn't the same librarian, but it may have been either a, another librarian, another person working there, or just right. another woman in, in the background, turn and stare at him. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Uh huh. Um. And just stare stare at him while he's looking at the book. Mm-hmm. And that same spot is where the balloon drifts from. Oh, so like that's Pennywise, uh, or that's it? It's well, it's a version. Yes, right. It's it in a way because it's because the woman is actually still there. Right. When the balloons drift away, she's there, but it's like he like took over the the physical version of her, her mm-hmm. it, or whatever. Like I just love I love that they did that because it's like you're clearly focused on this book with him, mm-hmm. but just right in the background. Right. He's watching. Yeah, I mean it's it's mm-hmm. it's always. It's always great when when a filmmaker takes into account the entire, like, um, depth of field. Yes. Right. Also, everyone freezes while that balloon uh-huh. goes by. Uh-huh. Like, unnaturally so. Yep. Um, so, yes. So, he says this awful thing in this book, and then a balloon floats by, and he follows it. Mm-hmm. And he starts finding Easter eggs. Because this explosion happened at Easter. That's why all the kids were there. Mm-hmm. Um, he started finding these, like, burned Easter eggs. Yes. And he follows a trail of those down to the basement of the library. And then suddenly a... Just the most unsettling kind of ghost shows up. Uh-huh. This, and this is not the only movie that's done this. When, like, a ghost moves like a marionette... It really freaks me out. And I don't know why. <laughs> no, that's fair. It's because it's very unnatural. It's clearly being controlled by something else. Right. It's just like, right. you know, and it's kind of like lurching forward and like bent, like, you know, leaning to the side and right. um, chasing him through the library. It's mm-hmm. chasing him through the stacks of the basement of the library. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he turns back and it's Pennywise. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and it actually almost gets him, but then he mm-hmm. runs, the librarian comes down and kind of interrupts, right? right? Which is actually part of the plan. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So you get the sort of feeling that the more scared the kids are, the more power that it gets from eating them. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is why he toys with his food first. Right. right? Like. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do that so much with Georgie. He eats him right away, mm-hmm. right? But that is in itself to mm-hmm. cause fear in the town. Right. Right? Like, the more the fear ratchets up among the general population and then among these kids in particular, mm-hmm. the more powerful it gets. Well, that and I think on top of it, Georgie is part of the beginning of him coming around mm-hmm. this time. Right, yeah. So he's just starting to gain his power, so he's not so much focused on making him extremely scared. He just needs a quick meal. Yeah. Yeah. He just needs to grab a quick bite. Yeah. Fast food. (laughs) (laughs) Just not fast enough. (laughs) He saw the the yellow raincoat and the red galoshes and we're like, McDonald's, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Loving it. (laughs) 
I'm chopping his arm off. <laughs> <laughs> so he hauls, out of, hauls ass out of the library, immediately get, runs into Henry Bowers, and is, like, dragged to a bridge, literally cut with a knife. The kid's going to yes. carve his name into his belly. Which I'm like, dude, you, you don't tag your name at the... What? Why would you put your name on someone? Hi. It's like, hi, I'm here. I was here. Right. Dude, you carved your name into someone's stomach. You don't think you're going to get fucked over for that? Right. It would be pretty strong evidence against you. Just saying. But he's losing his mind. Oh, yeah. He's losing Like, it. even his friends who are, like, clearly afraid of him, so they don't challenge him that much. But they're like, when he starts, when he starts, like, actually threatening the kid with a knife, one of his friends is like, Henry. Like. No, don't do that. And then he's like, shut up! And I mean, and and that kid, I mean, (laughs) that young actor gave a lot to this role. Yes, he did. He was, he was in it. Mm -hmm. To the point, it was a little much sometimes, but but he he did a good job. But Mm -hmm. it was just sort of like, okay, stop. Why are you growling? Like, that's a weird, that's a weird thing to do. Um, (laughs) It's like, what is happening right now? Um... He manages to get away by, like, throwing himself over this bridge, essentially. Yes. Yeah, he kicked himself off of Henry, backflipped over, over the bridge, over the fell down a hill, and then ran away. Mm-hmm. And the only and then they ran after him, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Henry drops his knife mm-hmm. and loses it in the sort of forest brush, right? Like, the leaves and shit on the ground and... So he's sitting there trying to find it. He sends his friends after him, mm-hmm. right, to a place called the Barrens. And this is just kind of like the edge of town, right? Like it's where the sewer empties, which mm-hmm. is why Bill and his friends are there, because he is convinced that that's where his brother is. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he is trying to save his brother in a way that he couldn't originally mm-hmm. right and he's trying to convince himself that his brother could still be alive which of course even if he had survived his trip through the sewer he wouldn't be alive after nine months but no. like this is this is sort of what this type of trauma does to somebody and mm-hmm. like somebody just being missing and not being able to find a body is just like unbelievably like you know the lack of an answer is almost worse than I mean, I don't know this because I've never experienced it, but but people often say that the lack of an answer is almost as bad as the loss itself, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So in the meantime, Mike also has an encounter, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Mike is delivering meat. Again, his family runs a farm, so he delivers the meat to, you know, the local shop. And he sees a bunch of um, burned hands coming out of the door yes and then again he sees pennywise Mm -hmm. it appears to all of them as pennywise which Mm -hmm. i don't know this for sure because i haven't gotten there yet but like doesn't happen in the book right like it does come as a different thing every time right Mm -hmm. no in their initial encounters Mm -hmm. it's okay okay they do show up, he, they do, it does show up as something else, but they do see him as a clown as well. Well, it does that here too. Right. Right. Um, you know, and then it, then he sees Pennywise. And then he almost gets run over by Henry and his friends, who are yes. just on a roll. Right. 
And he's like, stay out of my town. And there's, you know, there's a very sort of racist overtone to that as well. Right. Yes. And they do sort of, they kind of like passingly mention that one of the tragedies that happened was the burning down of a, of a nightclub, I think that was patronized primarily by African-Americans in town by the Klan. The black spot fire yes right yes 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 so it's like mike's mike's parents had died in a fire not that one a different one but you know there was there was connections being made between the sort of fire that was set by the clan right in whatever year that would have been 61 mm-hmm. and you know mike's family's death yes so mm-hmm. so um well the big thing though with mike's with mike's parents death is that he was there but was too afraid to help save them yes so like billy he is driven by guilt right stan actually because i am a very specific kind of nerd stan actually has my favorite encounter of the whole movie oh with the yeah with the painting yes so stan is um Practicing for his bar mitzvah and his father, who you get the, you get the, you know, feeling has these like crushing expectations because he's the rabbi, right? And like as the rabbi's son, mm-hmm. he should be better at all times. Right. Um, but he makes him go and he puts the book back in his office and in his office is a painting. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw it in the theater, I was like, that's a Modigliani painting. So this was an early 20th century artist um, who worked in the like expressionist style. And he was uh, Italian, but he was also Jewish. So mm-hmm. A, it made perfect sense that that guy had this painting in his office. Yep. Uh, the director of the film said that his grandfather or somebody, like someone in his family had a print, mm-hmm. had a Modigliani print in his house that scared the shit out of him as a kid. And like, that's why he decided, cause this was not Stan's original monster, right? Like that right. is to this adaptation uh-huh. exclusive, yes. right? They, they put that in. Mm-hmm. Um, and this artist created these figures with these odd, um, elongated features, like their heads were really long or their necks were unnaturally long and they'd be sort of bent in weird positions. And they often had like, sort of whited out eyes rather than mm-hmm. like regular looking features, you know. Um, it's such a distinct visual style. Mm-hmm. And while the painting in the movie is not an actual painting by this artist, right? right? Like they just modeled it after that. As soon as I saw it, I knew what it was supposed to be. And it made me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh! <laughs> From the way he, he goes to straighten it, even though he... Even though he's so afraid of it, he knows that his dad will get pissed if mm-hmm. he has messed with the painting. So right. he goes to straighten it, and you see, um, you see him straightening it from the painting's point of view. Yes, right, which is like these are like some of those artworks where like you feel like their eyes follow you around, uh-huh. around right? Um, and then of course like. The painting falls off the wall. He picks it back up to put it back up because now he's like, well, fuck. Great. Now I'm really in trouble because like Mm -hmm. 
these paint like if this was supposed to be a painting by these artists by this artist these paintings are not cheap right like right it would have been like a a precious possession Mm -hmm. right um but now the painting's empty (laughs) (laughs) and he turns around oh and she's holding a flute the woman in the painting is holding a flute and so he hears flute music Mm -hmm. and he turns around and she's there yes um and she just kind of snarls at him and he runs away. Mm-hmm. It's one of my, it's, I think it's my favorite monster encounter. Just again, because of a very specific type of nerd that I am. And I was like able <laughs> to be like, look, look. I see. I love that encounter too. And the one thing that I will say, I'm like, why would someone have a painting that creepy in their office? Essentially. Right. Like what? No. <laughs> Well, I mean, again, it's very, very prominent Jewish artist. So. It made sense, mm-hmm. and, and you know what? And I actually didn't know that, so that's. But they are really creepy, and they are unsettling. Like, yes, like his his works are not like you know um, pretty. Right. Right. They they are sort of, and this is the case with a lot of expressionists, right? Of mm-hmm. the time, if you look at the the Germans like uh, Schiele and Kirchner, and like I mean, their figures were, you know, horrific, mm-hmm. right? Because, and I mean, I could get into an entire, like, art history lecture about this, but, like, it was, you know, it, it was the time period after World War One. Right. There was just, like, the the sort of incredible collective trauma of that event on Europeans sort of started to come out through the art that was being made. Right. As, like, the shortest possible explanation mm-hmm. of why people made, um, you know, Edvard Bunks The Scream. That everybody's seen. I mean, this is like what? the best example of like just, you know, a, a painting that is objectively very scary. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, probably I think we're all a little desensitized to it because it's on coffee mugs. And right. At this point. <laughs> mouse, yes. mouse pads and <laughs> everything. Um, but yes. Okay. Who else? Oh, Eddie. While Eddie is walking home from one of their little adventures, he uh-huh. passes by this like absolutely glorious like haunted house that is for some reason completely black (laughs) it's completely black it's abandoned it's leaning over it's yeah it's just such a great sort of iconic haunted house and it happens to also be in the center of town it is in the center of town but he's clearly like every kid in town hates this house of course because it's it's that house that is in every town that the kids Mm -hmm. hate right um and he gets nervous when he's walking by it and he drops his medication and who's there to help him pick it up but an actual leper. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I wonder how many people upon first glance at that specific vision of it knew what that was supposed to be in 2017. Mm, probably not. Not that many people, no. right? Until he does say le- later that he saw a leper. Yes. But, like, you know, it's, like, do people know what leprosy does anymore? (laughs) It's not really a thing. It's not a thing anymore. Not really a thing anymore. No. Um, But, yeah, so a leper, which is, like, his worst nightmare. Yes. Yep. And that's what it does. It it finds your worst nightmare. Mm -hmm. So everything you're afraid of, like, Stan is afraid of the painting, and Mike is afraid of fires, and, you know, it's... (laughs) It's it's like levels of fear, right? Where like the something that's like this incredibly traumatic moment in your life, if you're Mike, or the painting in your dad's office, if you're Stan. <laughs> but you know, we all have we all have our fears in our own way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Bill, of course, sees Georgie. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he sees Georgie turn into a corpse before his eyes. And then... Because it's raining again and the basement is flooded. Mm-hmm. Right? And, uh, you know, then Pennywise comes at him like a fucking piranha. <laughs> yeah. I, I did find it interesting that, like, for some reason, Pennywise's thing is to shake at people. He does. He <laughs> shakes. Well, I mean, that's very scary. It is super <laughs> creepy. Like, I remember, what was it? Was it the, was it the, um... It was either the House on Haunted Hill mm-hmm. or 13 Ghosts, where there kept being these videos that they were watching, like security videos from back in the day. It was House on Haunted Hill. Was it? And and yeah. people, yeah, the, the like, obviously the one that was made in the 90s, not the one with Vincent Price. Right. Um, and people kept like looking at the camera and then like shaking their heads way faster than a human could shake their head. Yeah. That scared the fuck out of me when i was a kid that was like and i didn't scare easy but that hated it yeah no it is (laughs) it's weird it's just weird it's just that thing it's like it's it's again and i talk about this all the time it's the almost normal yes right it's like right people shake their heads like your head could technically do that but like no one can move it that fast right and so Mm -hmm. it's just like it's the almost normal Mm -hmm. that is just like it gets me every time Mm -hmm. um then let's see. Who else? Uh, Bev. Bev. Bev gets, like, Bev gets got good. Yeah. So we see Bev go home and we meet her father, who is very clearly sexually molesting his daughter. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Again, that is never said out loud, <laughs> but it is heavily implied. <laughs> heavily implied. Um, and You still my little girl, Bevy. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Ugh, disgusting people just don't be so like that. so so gross so gross and it's just like it it drives home the tragedy of like this girl is called a slut right right and the only you know experiences she's had with sexuality have been abusive yes right and it's just like ugh, ugh, ugh. Um, but her bathroom explodes on her. Yep. In blood. I love this scene in the in the miniseries. Like I love it because mm-hmm. it's so because of, but I love that they use like a red balloon. Right, right, right. right. You know, mm-hmm. blood. and and they like tripled down on this scene mm-hmm. in this in this version. Oh yeah. And if I'm if I remember correctly, it is one of if not the bloodiest scene in a movie probably i mean it's up there with like it's up there with um the original nightmare Mm -hmm. and johnny depp's death and Mm -hmm. the like the rotating room Mm -hmm. with the blood right of course it was cgi in this and not a rotating room um Mm -hmm. but i mean you have to think that it's an homage to that oh like visually yes um but yeah i mean it is absolutely like it is covered in blood Mm mm-hmm First she hears first she hears the voices of like, you know, some of the murdered girls coming from the bathroom sink. Mm-hmm. And she looks down there, then her own hair grabs onto her cuz she had like cut it off because mm-hmm. like that's, you know, classic I feel like in trauma movies response. right, the, the classic trauma response for like sexually abused girls is to try to 
in movies at least i don't know if this actually happens but in movies it's always like try to make yourself less attractive by cutting off your hair right yep um so she does that her hair attacks her and then the sink explodes in blood mm-hmm. to the point and we actually talked about this with x and how i love when this happens to the point that the light goes red uh-huh right because like they're they are using the light that's in world yes right like the mm-hmm. diegetic light mm-hmm. coming from the bathroom light to sort of color the scene right and it gets covered in blood so mm-hmm. like and then her dad walks in and he's like why are you screaming and right. she's like K-d-d-d-d-d-d-d-d-d-d. hello blood everywhere everywhere and he's like shouldn't have cut your hair and then he walks and she's like uh what, what? <laughs> so it's at this point that she goes she goes she calls all the guys they all come they help her clean up the blood because they can see it yes right so the idea here is very much like in The Shining that the children know better than the adults what's going on mm-hmm. because they are more open right. to the, the ways of the, they, they don't, their worldview isn't as set in stone. And so they're able to sort of accept that these things are happening. Right. They're, they still have their innocence. Mm-hmm. To some degree. And it's, right. <laughs> like, this is their loss of innocence at this right. point. Um, but they help her clean up the blood. And then they all start to recount their experiences. And they realize that everyone except Richie mm-hmm. has seen it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then using Ben's research about the town, maps that Bill keeps stealing from his father's um, office, even though he keeps getting in trouble for that, which right. is hilarious. Uh, they try to figure out, based on where the incidents have occurred, where its lair is. Yes. Right? And lo and behold, they learn that it is, in fact... In that haunted house, because of course it is. Well, of course, of course. Yes, they learned that the well, the, what was it The town well. Yeah, the town well was, was at the exact place that that house was built. Mm -hmm. So the house, the town well was put inside of a house. I don't understand why. So this, this is why I wanted to, I was like, I want to talk about the house later. This this is the point. So... So this scene is funny to me, because uh, like it, in the movie, really, it's just a house, right? Mm-hmm. I want to know. I want to know the history of that house, right? So, on the old map, it is called the Well House. Yes, right. But I don't think that it's called the Well House. I don't think it was a house that people lived in always. Right. Right. So a well house would have been like just a structure that they put around the town well to try to keep it like clean. Protect- yeah, clean, yeah. protected. Um, so it would have been more like an outhouse almost. Yes. Right. Where you could go in and you could get your water. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, a residential home was built over that. Yes. Right. And my guess is that some fuckery went down. Uh-huh. In that house, because, like, it had a ancient alien spider monster living underneath it. Right. Um, which is why it was abandoned 
even though it was prime real estate in the middle of town. Uh-huh. Right? There is something extra ominous about the creepy abandoned house being prime real estate. Which is why I need Stephen King to do me a, just a really quick small favor. Do me a spinoff story about that, that house. That house. Just the house. I need to know. It could be a short story. It doesn't it, have to be a whole novel. No. It certainly doesn't have to be a fucking 1,200 pages long. No, it's essentially going to be a definitely chapter don't. three. <laughs> definitely don't need that. No. No, 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 no. No, we <laughs> please do no. not. No, please. <laughs> but I will definitely gladly take that story. So while they're in the garage, that's the first time actually that Richie sees it. Yes. Yeah. While I they're all as you together, were it up, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. That's his first time. While they're all together researching and trying to figure out exactly where it is, because he's afraid of clowns. He's afraid of clowns. Mm-hmm. He's got the 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 for the movie at least the the standard generic fear. Mm-hmm. And Pennywise is like perfect. I don't got to do shit. <laughs> he's like here I am. That's what I am. <laughs> this is my preferred form. Uh huh. Don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. He just likes clowns, I guess. At that point, they decide to do what every plucky group of youngster outcasts in every 80s movie ever made decided to do. They're going to go in that house. Oh, we should... Did they go to the... They go to the house after the... Well, we didn't say what happened in the... the oh, we should say, like, while they are figuring all that out, Pennywise attacks them. Yes. In Bill's garage. So they are they are conducting this research and they have the slide projector out with like the maps that are being projected on the wall and they figure out exactly where it lives mm-hmm. right which pisses it off yep just so switch. it attacks them mm-hmm. this is again the first point where richie sees it and right. he's like what the fuck is that right what the fuck is that because <laughs> so <laughs> So the projector ends up, they get into an argument. The projector ends up getting knocked over. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wait. Sorry. Keeps going on its own. The pro- So the projector starts moving through the slides. On its own. On its own. And they get to a slide that's of... Uh, the family. So the- it's it's the dad and then Bill and then Georgie and then the mom. And the mom's hair is like... You never see their mom. No, you do not ever see their mom once. Mm -hmm. Except for in that photo and her face is obscured. Exactly. Which is interesting. But she just happens to have... Red hair. Red hair, yeah. Right. Um, So her hair is blowing in her face, right? Mm -hmm. If you're anyone with long hair, male Mm -hmm. or female, you know that that well. (laughs) You can never get a picture of my fiancé and I that our hair isn't in our face. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like a selfie without our hair in our face. (laughs) Um... And again, it does a very similar thing to what the book did in that uh-huh. each successive picture is first zooming in on Georgie's face. Mm-hmm. And then it moves to the mom, at which point the slide projector is going so fast that it's like a, a movie. Yep. Right? And then when the hair blows out of the face, it's Pennywise. Uh-huh. At which point Richie's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And then this is where they knock over the projector, which which continues to switch. <laughs> They're slides. like, kill it. <laughs> and uh, and Pennywise pops out of the wall, which was, I mean, okay. So this 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 movie was criticized for having too many jump st- jump scares, which like, mm. eh, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't agree. It's like it also had genuine like creepiness. Yeah. Right. Like it wasn't just. I don't know. It's just like there's nothing wrong with jump scares. Like, 
I mean, it's they're effective jump scares. I mean, it's not like there's no substance there. Right. They're like, not Like, if it cheap. was just jump scares yeah. and, like, no plot, but, like, there's very much a plot. Like, exactly. I don't know. I, I don't get that, but... Yeah, I'm not on board with that. But, but that one is ex- was extremely effective <sighs> in a movie theater. So, yeah, they have a giant, like, 12-foot tall... No. Clown probably, head. Yeah. No, I mean... Giant. At minimum 12 feet. I would probably say, like, 15 feet. 15 yeah, probably. Feet. It depends on how high that garage yeah. ceiling is, because it mean, fails the entire garage. Yes. Um, I'm very particular in the height of this Pennywise, just, you know, um, just as head, just as head. Um, so, <laughs> so yes, that happens. And then, so then they decide to go to the house. Yes. Uh, and they go into the house and all kinds of fucked up shit happens. <laughs> Richie sees a missing poster with his face on it and yes. starts freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, it somehow makes Eddie fall through the floor, mm-hmm. right? And so he breaks his arm. It locks Bill and Richie in a room. Um, and then shows them all kinds of creepy stuff. Like, Richie goes, it gets locked in a room with just all of these clown dolls. Mm-hmm. And it comes. Actually, I think one of the most, there's like a coffin that has like a ventriloquist dummy of Richie in it. And mm-hmm. then like, so he closes it and then uh, Pennywise pops out of it, like, yeah. which is a great moment. Uh, like, I love that moment. What too. a great just, transition. Yeah. <laughs> just whoop. And there he is. And he's like, ah! <laughs> um, <laughs> he shows them like three doors and one of them says, not scary at all. And they're like, okay, let's open that one. And mm-hmm. they open it and there's like a, you know. I think it's Betty Ripson. I think it's Betty Ripson. Yeah, yeah. that's true. They're seeing Betty Ripson the entire time, yeah. which is one of the. You never see her as a live person. No. Nope. Um, but she's one of the kids that has gone missing, mm-hmm. in between Georgie going missing and sort of the rest of the story happening. Mm-hmm. Several, several other kids disappear throughout, including yes. Patrick Huxtetter. Yes. Who? Oh yeah, we completely we did over his when. <laughs> just well, real, real quick, <laughs> real quick. When Ben is being chased right before he meets the rest of the kids, when he's being chased through the barrens, mm-hmm. and they were all in the sewer, right? Patrick chases them all the way into the sewer. And what he well, sees... He thinks he's chasing them into the sewer. He, he, he thinks he's chasing them into the sewer. Right. Um, what he sees is all of the dead children uh-huh. as, like, sort of zombies right. coming toward him, you know. And then he gets turned around and ends up, you know, going deeper into the sewer instead of out. And then, you know, he's a goner right. at that point. So then now he's on the missing posters. Right. And there's at least one more, although I don't think you see that kid disappear. I think there's just another missing poster. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why. And like these missing posters being up around town. And again, again, this like... Um, the the late 70s like people think it was eaten pats was the first kid on a milk carton that's not true i forget who it was but it wasn't him um <laughs> but like that's the misconception that it was eaten pats right. but it was like it was around that same time right missing kids on missing kids on milk cartons mm-hmm. was a thing yeah and it was a thing starting in the late 70s and and running really through the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. right um so again, this would have this would have been in the public consciousness in a very real way. These sort of missing posters, mm-hmm. right, or missing missing children, like right. pictures of missing children. It was like a much bigger thing, I feel like, culturally than yes. it is now. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. 
But yeah, so like Eddie's sitting, Eddie's laying down in the kitchen with like his, a broken arm. I want to say one more thing. Sure. Sorry. <laughs> just a small blip. I just loved it when uh, we were in the room with uh, Richie uh, with all the clowns mm-hmm. that as they're zooming into the coffin, mm-hmm. off to the left is a is a doll of Pennywise from the the TV version. Oh, really? Yeah, there's actually a Pennywise doll in there. That's awesome. Like a Tim Curry Pennywise. <laughs> yes. That's yeah, yeah. amazing. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's like right, it's right there, center left. Clearly, I have to pay more attention next time I watch this and like look, look off center, right? Like just ignore the central action and look at the background because I'm also, missing, I'm missing Easter eggs. I've also watched this movie a lot and I really searched. And this is a movie that does have a lot of Easter eggs in it. Mm-hmm. A lot. Well, because there's a lot, there's so much substance to the book. Right. That what I love. <laughs> Again, 1,200 pages almost. 1,200. Um. That I love. Well, the one thing, the thing that I love that they did is that even though they couldn't obviously put all of the book in there, mm-hmm. they kept putting all these little Easter little, eggs, in. little Easter eggs in there. Yeah, there is a thing with turtles in the book. Mm, okay, and turtles. So the do, Lego turtle. The Lego turtle. When they talk about the turtle in the Barrens, As a quarry. Yeah. or the yeah the quarry. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so like they do bring those things into it a little mm, bit. I see. So if if you have. So, like, I'll actually, I'll catch more of those after I'm done reading yes. the book. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Pennywise, I think my favorite appearance of Pennywise, though, is actually um, when he comes out of that icebox. <laughs> oh. And he, like, unfolds himself. Yes. <laughs> so, it's just such a great little effect. Of, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> Man just unfolded in front of me. <laughs> right? Yeah. Don't think this is natural. It's not, it's not how people are supposed to fold. I, I loved that. Not only that, because it was very, like, that scene, yeah, that, sorry. Cut, restart. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I absolutely loved that version, like, that interaction with Pennywise. Mm-hmm. And I loved how he was, like, fake crying to Richard, to, uh, Eddie. Eddie, thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, when he was when he was crying, when he was crying. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, it's funny when he like mocks them. Yes. Because it like he is a clown. Mm-hmm. He's still a clown, mm-hmm. so he still is funny. Mm-hmm. But he's not there to eat you. Right. Well, and that's that's one of the ways that they really succeeded, I think, in this film is injecting the humor in it and making Pennywise funny. Mm-hmm. But not. Not so funny that he wasn't scary. Yes. Right? Like, they, they hit the balance well. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the other kids show up and, and start, like, beating on Pennywise, right? And one of the things that Bill keeps saying is, like, none of this is real. He's just tricking you. None of it is real. Mm-hmm. Right? And <laughs> Pennywise just turns around and is like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, am I not real enough for you, Billy? Right, right. Like, he hurts his feelings. And, but they kind of learn in that encounter that, A, if they, if they are, if they are together, mm-hmm. he has more trouble taking them on, right? Which yes. is why he tends to isolate kids before he gets them, mm-hmm. right? And secondly, that 
he is powered by the fear. Yes. Yes. Right. So if you try not to be afraid mm-hmm. or you tell yourself that it's not real, you're actually sapping him out of a little bit of his power. Yes. But hard to do because this thing is trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. So like hard to not be afraid. Right. Um, but then of course in, in Anthema of like that strategy, they of course have get into a big fight as soon as they leave the house. Right. Yeah. Eddie's mother comes and accuses them all of being devils and takes them, mm-hmm. you know, um, forbids him from ever seeing them again and you know then richie and bill actually get into like little you know 13 year old boy fisticuffs right (laughs) it's very like just a lot of shoving and like one solid punch Mm -hmm. um and so they all kind of go their separate ways for a little bit Mm -hmm. for a couple of weeks you get the feeling right um, because at the end there, it's August. It's like the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. Now, a couple of things happen at the same time. Henry Bowers kills his father. Yep. And we learn that, um, you know, it is manipulating this kid and is using this kid. Yes. Well, cause you also see, uh, Shortly before this, mm-hmm. shortly before he kills his father, that uh, suddenly there's he's sitting in front of his car, and there's all of a sudden a red balloon at his mailbox mm-hmm. tied to a package. Inside. Oh, that has his knife in it. That has yes, his knife that's that he true. Lost. Yes. The knife that he lost. And then when he goes inside, there's like uh, you know a woman on TV mm-hmm. that starts. It's like this sort of cheesy '80s kids show setup, but mm-hmm. then she starts speaking directly to him. Yes. And says to kill him. And it's not the first time. This is an Easter egg that I caught. Mm-hmm. Not the first time that woman's on the television. Uh-huh. She's also on the television in Beverly's apartment. Uh-huh. The first time she walks in. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then when she comes back out, it's static. Yeah. Right? Or no, not even. Like, you hear the woman's voice, and then suddenly when her dad shows up, it switches to a baseball game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, and you can hear the baseball game now. Mm-hmm. Um... So it's almost like he, he was going after both of them in the same way, mm-hmm. right? Like he he wanted both Beverly and Henry to kill their fathers and he got them both to do it. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Just in different ways. Like right. in, in, you know, in Beverly's case, she was fighting her father off. Right. Whereas even though moments before... His father had shot a gun at his foot. Or not, I guess not moments before, but in the film, moments before. Right, right. It was, which it is was like before. Right. Yeah. Which is, you know, an absolutely horrific thing to do to a child. Yeah, just shoot at your son's feet. It's just fine. like, you know, make him dance like right. you're fucking John Wayne. Right. Um, and then again, it is heavily implied that... So he kills his father, and then it switches to um, the Marsh household, mm-hmm. where... It is strongly implied that Beverly's father is about to rape her. Yes. And so she runs off and she ends up clocking him with the like toilet tank cover. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is, Ugh. you can talk about it. This is Sean's favorite yes. moment in the film. Like this is my, I think out of all the, because ju- like we mentioned, there's a lot of jump scares in this movie. Mm-hmm. But out of all the jump scares, this one is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Because you, you, the scene's coming to an end. 
right? Like your 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 uh, anticipation. Yeah, your, your like it's it, essentially it's coming to a climax and the the uh, uh, downturn. Uh, the, denouement, the, they call that. Denouement. Mm-hmm. It's on a, a denouement. <laughs> why do I do the Why do I do the offensive French accent? Well, here we are. Um, well, so. You don't expect it. Like she just. You do her not daughter. expect it. No, you expect that to be the action of the movie. Yes. Of the of the scene. Mm-hmm. That's she killed her dad. That's it. She's about to walk away, and she turns right into Pennywise's grip. Right. Ugh, God, it's just so. It's such a perfect segue. It is. And then the scene ends. Mm-hmm. At which point? Oh, I feel like we should probably say this, especially since it. It. I think it has probably more relevance when we start to talk about the second movie, but. Both Bill and Ben have crushes on Beverly. Yes. Yep. Beverly seems to like Bill more than Ben. Yep. At least in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because she doesn't realize that Ben likes her that way. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, he gives her an anonymous poem and she thinks it's from Bill. <laughs> yes. And then asks Bill about it indirectly. About it. And he's, and he's like, like, what? Huh? Oh, I don't really know much about poetry. And she's like, oh. Okay. So, like, who was that? (laughs) (laughs) The fuck is this from? But, like, she was clearly, she was clearly hoping it was from him. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so, she, she sort of, they have sort of a little, a little budding romance going. And then Ben has a crush on her Mm -hmm. as well. Um, So, Bill is going over to Beverly's house to see her. He walks in. He finds her father, dad, and her missing. And a message written in her well, either her or the father's blood. I guess we don't know whose blood. Mm-hmm. On the wall, it says, you die if you try. Yep. And he's like, motherfucker. <laughs> he runs to get his friends. And this is what brings them all back together. Yep. Right. It's like, now they have to go and save Beverly. Right. So he goes, he gets Richie and Eddie and Stan and Mike and Ben. And they all run back to the house uh, to try to find where it lives. Mm-hmm. Right. And they all go together this time because, right. again, they've learned that it is not as strong when they're in groups. Mm-hmm. Right. In the meantime, and they, uh, they're they all sort of defying their parents to do this, right? Like, so Eddie leaves despite his mother saying he can't, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's a very sort of, like, taking charge of their own lives moment. Right. Despite being 13. And mm-hmm. um, in the meantime, Beverly wakes up in its lair... And it does the goofiest fucking thing. Is <laughs> that dance? <laughs> Do you remember for like six months after this movie came out, people were just setting that to different dance songs? Oh yeah, like Gangnam Style mm-hmm. and <laughs> every every song, mm-hmm. every song. I swear. Um, I mean, he is the dancing clown. So he's, he is Pennywise the dancing clown. He's got a dance. He's got a dance. He's got a dance. He's got a niche. <laughs> He's got a burn, a burning <laughs> sensation for dancing. <laughs> I mean, he lives in the sewer. He's probably got a burning sensation. Probably got a few of them. It's true. It's very it's true. true. Um, so she wakes up. He does this dance. He tries to attack her and she says, I'm not afraid of you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you will be. Mm-hmm. And he opens his mouth very, very wide. Oh, yeah. And this is the first time that you really see... The deadlights. Yes. Right. You mm-hmm. don't know what they are yet. No. Right. You don't learn what they are until chapter two, but mm-hmm. this is the first time you see those lights inside of him. Yeah. And you're like, what is happening? Right. Mm-hmm. And they they sort of 
hypnotizer. They put her into a kind of trance and yes. she's like starts floating, right? Because that's what he keeps saying. He says, well, I'll float. There's a bunch of floating kids in his lair. He's like, oh, means, he meant literally. He meant that very literally. <laughs> literally and not in the way that I expected. Right. It's like, oh, they're actually floating, like in the air. Yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, so anyway, the boys get to the house. They manage to get down the well. Um, Henry Bowers finds them. He tries to straight up kill Mike. Oh, yes. Who then tries to straight up kill him. But like in self-defense. By pushing him down the well. Yep. Doesn't succeed in killing him, which we don't learn until the second movie. Right. Um, but he does not succeed in killing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they get down. They start looking around. They get lost. Uh, Stan gets attacked by his monster, the woman mm-hmm. from the painting, uh, which is like the greatest fucking visual of her sucking on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when she like when they do sort of go at her and she like retracts all those teeth yeah. and like slinks away. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, that's a great visual. Um, it was very much reminiscent of like the taking of Deborah Logan. Yes, and it was. I think it was like. I think they just went. I mean, I I don't know if it's if it's always. I don't remember if it's always Stan that gets attacked at that point. But it's like, mm-hmm. it's like let's be real. Which of them has the scariest monster? He does. He does. <laughs> Like, that thing is fucking creepy. Uh-huh. So, um, and he's very angry because he's like, you just let me almost get my face get eaten off. Right. Um, but they pick him up and they find the lair and they find Beverly floating there. And, oh, the way that they find it is because Pennywise lures them with Georgie. Yes. Right? Like, mm-hmm. he runs by disguised as Georgie and Bill runs after him and then the rest of them run after Bill. Right. And they find the lair. They find Beverly. Uh... Ben wakes her up by kissing her because, of course, he does. And <laughs> which is when she realizes that she realizes alive. who wrote her the poem. Yeah. And and Bill has to do something that is absolutely heartbreaking, and that is kill his brother. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who is not his brother, and he knows that, but still. Right, but you still are standing in front of the something physical embodiment of your of brother. your brother, yeah. and it's begging you to take it home. Yes. And you have to use a fucking. Uh, air gun, I air guess. Gun, yeah. Are they called air? Bolt gun. Bolt, bolt gun. gun. Yes. That's what it's called. The bolt gun that like Mike brought with him from the farm because it's like the only access to weapons they have because right. like, you know. Surprisingly enough, they couldn't find one of their parents' guns. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> like, which is a little unrealistic given that this is, this is America. Yeah. Or even now. Even Well, even now, even of now. course. But yes. Like nobody had a nobody had an automatic weapon lying around. Um, but so then we get to the final showdown, right? Mm-hmm. Where he does he he kind of actually does get a little bit of closure in that moment, right? Because he gets to tell Right quote unquote Georgie that he's sorry and that he loves him, but like you're dead. Right. Right? So mm-hmm. it's and it's like really the first time that he admits to himself and to anyone else that his brother's dead and gone mm-hmm. and he's not coming back. Um, and so he shoots him with the bolt gun and then Georgie does this like weird seizure thing and turns into Pennywise. Mm-hmm. And then you have the final sl- showdown and Pennywise tells all the kids that if they leave mm-hmm. and leave Bill with him, just let him have Bill, he'll stop. Mm-hmm. And Richie is my favorite speech in the entire movie. Right. <laughs> He's like, you did all this shit, and then, like, you hit me in the face, and da-da-da-da, and now I have to kill this motherfucking clown. Right. <laughs> yes. 
gonna have to kill this fucking clown. And so the final showdown happens, and they all basically, like, they beat him basically by each of them facing their fears, right? Like, Mm -hmm. somebody will hit him, and he'll try to turn into one of the fears that he's been terrorizing with them them with the whole time mm-hmm. right and then that that kid like whichever kid it is that that's their fear will hit them right it's right. all about it's like sticking together and facing their fears and being brave and right, right. like all that sort of um you know 80s kids movie stuff right exactly. um and then the sort of final boss because like you know a lot of the you know, like, the woman in the painting, the leper, like, those are kind of, like, made up. Those aren't things that they've actually experienced, right? The sort of final boss is, you know, it turns into Beverly's father. Right. And she rams a metal rod down its throat, which is, like, very symbolic. And, and, yep. And then it kind of stumbles away, and they go to shoot it with the bolt gun. He tries to shoot it with the bolt gun, and that doesn't work because... They don't know that, like, you need to put in a new cartridge every time. And Mike's trying to tell them that it's not loaded. Well, that was the that was the first time that they tried getting him again. Where, where he shot it still, and Pennywise faked getting shot in the head. Right. Right. Um, I, think he, I think he tries to load it this time. Mm. He loads it and tries to shoot him with it, but he falls down first. Right. He falls down, and then he disintegrates. Uh-huh. And you're like, is he gone? And of course he's not gone. No, of course. But they have, at least for the moment, beaten him. Um, at which point they all leave. Mm-hmm. And make a blood pact that if it ever comes back, they will fight it again, yes. no matter how long that takes, mm-hmm. right? Because I think we didn't say this explicitly, but like it comes back every twenty-seven years. Yes, which yep. is a very random interval of time, but it's every twenty-seven years. Um, so they were sort of tracking these horrid events in the town's history that happened every twenty-seven years, going back, you know, a couple centuries. Yes, right. Um, after they make the blood pact, uh, Bill and Beverly share a little kiss, mm-hmm. just a little smooch. And that's the end of the film. And that's it. That's the close. Of chapter one. Mm-hmm. Now, as I've mentioned multiple times, multiple <laughs> episodes since we've started recording, I love it. Mm-hmm. Right? And I love this this version, this rendition of this mm-hmm. movie. However, <laughs> and I know this is, again, me bringing up the things I don't like about this movie, which I'm really... Really well, I mean, talking nothing. against myself. But this, there's only one thing about this movie that I actually didn't like. What? The CGI. Now, not all of the CGI. Mm-hmm. Some of the CGI was great. Yeah. Some of it you couldn't even tell really was CGI. Right. And then the one moment where Pennywise bites Georgie's arm in the very beginning mm-hmm. is some of the shittiest CGI I've seen in the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is horrendous. It is. <laughs> it's so, like, it just doesn't look like him. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a couple of things, it's a couple of small little CGI clips throughout the movie that just, it just takes you out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. So that is it for It Chapter One. That is it. That, that is it. <laughs>
It is actually really hard, guys, to talk about this movie just because it's called It. Yeah. It's... <laughs> the name of this movie is just like a pronoun. Huh? <laughs> and so like every time you talk about it, a you're singular like, with... <laughs> it's just a singular pronoun. So yeah. like, it's very hard. Um, join us next week for a Minnesota review of The Master, the new Amazon Prime mm-hmm. film starring Regina Hall. Yeah, yeah. But until then, of course, like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Spotify. Uh, We have our monthly YouTube videos. You can find us by searching for Friday Night Frights Podcast on YouTube. We have our Instagram, F and Frights Podcast. And we have our Twitter, F and Frights Pod. We have our Facebook page. You can find us with searching at Friday Night Frights. We have our website, fnfrightspodcast.com. If you want to, of course... Yell your thoughts, feelings, emotions, all of the above at us. You can email us at scream at fnfrightspodcast.com. And lastly, we have our Patreon, our Fright Club. And Katie. Yes, Sean. What is the first rule of Fright Club? The first rule of Fright Club is don't play in sewers. Yeah, it's a pretty easy one. I mean, this is just, this should go without saying. Yeah. The, the, an ancient demonic you know, evil force taking shape of a, of a scary clown might be the most of your worries. But, you know, you could also get, like, fucking diphtheria or something. Not mm-hmm. diphtheria. What am I thinking of? Dysentery. <laughs> I think you could probably also get diphtheria. Or cholera. You can, there's a lot of nasty there's all shit. kinds of things. Literally. Literally. <laughs> e. coli. Uh-huh. Just plain old, straight up E. coli. Like, yeah. fucking gastroenteritis yeah. problems. And some rats biting at your it. toes. It could be like, this was the 80s. There could have been a baby alligator that got flushed that's suddenly real th- that's suddenly an adult. Yes. <laughs> that never actually happened. You could, you could drown on poop, guys. You could, that's true. There's, it, there's rushing water down there. You could literally just drown in poop. Yeah. Which is not a great way to go out. No. How are they going to write your obituary? Just saying. For that. Come on. Stay out of the sewers. She had a real shitty time. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a wrap. (laughs) Can't do better than that. So, gays and ghouls, join us next Friday night. You'll be in for a fright. But until then, sleep tight.